Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. I've just started reading this book, When Things Fall Apart, Hard Advice for Difficult Times, Pima Kadron. It's a book, um, I might call it Buddha for Your Life, or Buddha Heart. I heard uh, the podcast on Bean talking about this book and reading sections out of it. And I was so impressed I bought the book. I'm going to spend some time uh, going through this book and kind of discussing the individual uh, chapters. Get you a copy, join along. Send me comments at Wiley, period, foxes, and gmail.com. Thanks. Talk to you later. Ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. We're continuing on our book, and we're in the chapter three. This very moment is the perfect teacher. The heading starts off, we can meet our match with a poodle or a raging guard dog. But the interesting question is, what happens next? Uh, Hopefully that little saying will become clear as we go along here. Generally speaking, we we regard discomfort in any form as bad news. We don't like to feel bad, unhappy, stressed, anxious. We kind of run from that. We kind of do stuff like, um, I'm drinking wine here and drinking in excess is one of the, you know, numbing techniques to avoid feeling bad. Most addictions, which we'll kind of mention later, are all attempts to stop feeling bad, eating too much, all of it. But it says, you know, generally speaking, we regard discomfort in any form as bad. But for practitioners or spiritual warriors, people who have a certain hunger to know what is true, feelings like disappointment, embarrassment, irritation, resentment, anger, jealousy, and fear, instead of being bad news, are actually very clear moments that teach us where it is that we're holding back. Basically, when things are going rotten and you're feeling bad, it's a time to learn and grow. Uh, And to recognize those moments and not just avoid them. It's apparently one of the secrets to spiritual growth. Those bad moments are like messengers that show us with terrifying clarity exactly where we're stuck. 
this very moment is the perfect teacher and lucky for us is with us wherever we are. What a concept. What's going on right now is there's something to learn from it. And especially if you're feeling rotten. Just put that in your pipe and smoke it. Smoke it. Those events and people in our lives who trigger our unresolved issue could be regarded as good news. We don't need to try to create a situation in which we reach our limit. They occur all by themselves with clockwork regularity. So we've got all these opportunities to grow as a person and to grow our character. The most precious opportunity presents itself when we come to the place where we think we can't handle whatever is happening. The worse it gets and when you think it can't get any worse and you can't deal with it, that's when you get to learn. It's too much. It's gone too far. We feel bad about ourselves. There's no way we can manipulate the situation to make ourselves come out looking good. No matter how hard we try, it just won't work. Basically, life has just nailed us. It's kind of like you look at yourself in the mirror and you see a gorilla. The mirror there is showing you and what you see looks bad. You try to angle the mirror so you will look a little better, but no matter what you do, you still look like a gorilla. That's being nailed by life, the place where you have no choice except to embrace what's happening or push it away. Most of us do not take these situations as teaching. We automatically hate them. We run like crazy. We use all kinds of ways to escape. All addictions stem from this moment when we meet our edge and we can't stand it. We feel we have to soften it, pat it with something, and we become addicted to whatever it is that seems to ease the pain. So things go bad, you feel bad about yourself, you feel anxious, you do something that gives you a little bit of relief. And that good feeling that you get, that good feeling, that edge, that easing of the pain, uh, is the beginning of addiction. In fact, the rampant materialism that we see in the world stems from this moment. There are so many ways that have been dreamt up to entertain us away from the moment, soften its hard edge, deaden it, so we don't have to feel the full impact of the pain that that arises when we cannot manipulate the situation to make us come out looking fine. Meditation is an invitation to notice when we reach our limit and to not get carried away by hope and fear, or hope and or fear. Through meditation, we're able to see clearly what's going on with our thoughts and emotion. Even if we shut down, we can no longer shut down in ignorance. 
we're able to see how we run and hide and keep ourselves busy so that we never have to let our hearts be penetrated. Basically, disappointment, embarrassment, and all these places where we just cannot feel good are a sort of death. Hmm. So, all these times when we feel bad and things are rotten and are going bad and things can't just so bad you can't go on that's a chance for something to die that needs to die inside of you real rather than realizing that it takes death for there to be a birth we just fight against the fear of death reaching our limit is not some kind of punishment it's actually a sign of health that when we meet the place where we are about to die, we feel fear and trembling. This is good. In other words, when you start feeling really rotten about something and it feels horrible, this is the moment of learning and growing. Things like disappointment and anxiety are messengers telling us that we're about to go into unknown territory. Strap on your safety belts. You're fixing to go somewhere that you haven't been before. It doesn't really matter what causes us to reach our limit. The point is that sooner or later it happens to all of us. The spiritual journey involves going beyond hope and fear, stepping into unknown territory continually moving forward. The most important aspect of being on the spiritual path may be to just keep moving, just keep trucking. How do we work with our minds when we meet our match? Rather than indulge or reject our experience, we can somehow let the energy of the emotion, the quality of what we're feeling, pierce us to the heart. It's definitely the path of compassion, the path of cultivating human bravery and kind-heartedness. In the teaching of Buddhism, we hear about egolessness. If we aspire to know that place fully, that is to say we aspire to neither indulge nor repress, a hardness in us will dissolve. In other words, when you're in this feeling of feeling really rotten and depressed or anxiety or whatever it is that's kind of nailed you, if you can learn aspire to not indulge in it and feel sorry for yourself or repress it and just try to ignore it if you can just be with it it will dissolve a hardness in you that needs to disappear reaching our limit is like finding a doorway to sanity and the unconditional goodness of humanity 
rather than meeting an obstacle or a punishment. Hmm. The safest and most nurturing place to begin working this way is during formal meditation. This sows the seeds that enable us to be more awake in the midst of everyday chaos. In other words, when you're doing your meditation and watching thoughts come and go, uh, you learn how your brain works. And so when you're in a moment of crisis, you'll be more familiar with watching your brain and learning from it. We sit in meditation so that we'll be more awake in our lives. The first thing that happens in meditation is we start to see what's happening. Even though we still run away and and we still indulge, we see what we're doing clearly. To the degree that we're willing to see our indulging and our repressing clearly, they begin to wear themselves out. In other words, if you can just start watching yourself and see what you're really doing, that you're repressing something, that you're... uh, I numb. I drink my wine and numb myself. But I see what I'm doing now. And this says that eventually that habit of mind will wear itself out. Wearing out is not exactly the same as going away. Instead, a wider, more generous, more enlightened perspective arises. Sounds like a slow process, doesn't it? How we stay in the middle between indulging and repressing is by acknowledging whatever arises without judgment letting the thought simply dissolve, and then going back to the openness of this very moment. Staying with it, just riding up, you're in anxiety, just stick with it, hang in there, don't get that glass of wine, just stay there and suffer through that anxiety, and stay with it. That's what we're doing in meditation. Up come all these thoughts, but rather than squelch them or obsess with them, We acknowledge them and let them go. Then they come back to just being here. As Sowal Rampochi, I'm sure I'm butchering the hell out of that, puts it, we simply bring our minds back home. We, We come back to the freshness of the present moment. How long does it take? takes the rest of our lives. Basically, we continually opening further, learning more, connecting further with the depths of human suffering and human wisdom, coming to know both these elements thoroughly and completely and becoming more loving and compassionate people. No quick fix, no easy path. We might think, as we become more open, that it's going to take a bigger catastrophe for us to reach our limit. The interesting thing is that as we open more and more, it's the big ones that immediately wake us up, and it's the little things that catch us off guard. In other words, as you get good at this, you can see the big catastrophe coming, the big thing that's going to upset you. You recognize the situation, but it's the little ones that come and get you. 
This very moment is the perfect teacher, and it's always with us. Isn't that cool? Awakeness is found in our pleasure and our pain, our confusion and our wisdom, available in each moment of our weird, unfathomable, ordinary, everyday lives. This moment is the perfect teacher, and it's always with us. What a concept. Awakeness is found in our pleasure and our pain, our confusion and our wisdom, available in each moment of our weird, unfathomable, ordinary, everyday lives. Awakeness being the awareness of what's going on in yourself, in your brain, and aware of you know what you're doing not only to yourself, but those around you and aware of, awake to the fact of what's happening. So that, that chapter was called, This Very Moment is the Perfect Teacher. It's a pretty good concept that all these bad times that we have and all these troubles are the moments that teach us Wow, if you can just remember that the next time it happens to you. And with me, it's remembering it soon enough. I can kind of see it in my rear view mirror, but seeing it as I'm coming up to it, uh, sometimes now I can see it when I'm in it. And then, you know, it allows me to check out. But uh, I'm hoping to learn to see it as I approach the problem. Anyway, our chapter, our next chapter, which I haven't read yet, is called Relax As It Is. Hmm. Once we know this instruction, we can put it into practice. Then it's up to us what happens next. Ultimately, it comes down to the question of just how willing we are to lighten up and loosen our grip. How honest do we want to be with ourselves? Relax as it is. Well, I don't know what that means right now, but hopefully after I read the chapter, I will. Look forward to seeing you guys uh, in a few days. This is the ancient Texan. Um, Namaste. Oh, yeah. I noticed I have people from uh, Ireland and also a couple of percentage of uh, listeners from Canada. That's pretty cool. Um, and I'm thankful for all you listeners and wish I had some way to talk to you. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste.